prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro. I am the glitch here. Uh, Wayne for chops. He said he's gonna join me soon. He's getting up his Zoom meeting going. Uh, just gonna wait for him to come in here any second now. What is this? Look, the glitch. Everything the light touches is ours. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, the glitch. The sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the And this will all be mine? No. No, God, oh. no. No, it will never be yours. No. Never, never going to happen. Never going to happen. That was so close. I like to get your hopes up and crash them down vigorously. So we today, Chops and I, are covering The Lion King for the Sega Genesis. It's the circle of life. Yes, it is the circle of life. The Genesis uh, Matata. came out in November of 1994. It's a platformer based on the movie of the same name where Simba is a young being and uh, a young cub and then he's exiled and it shows him progress to get older and his journey back to become king. Are we uh, going to try to avoid spoilers for the movie or no? Uh, I feel like it's impossible, especially because what the first 20 minutes is a big spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mufasa dies. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Um, but no, yeah, this game uh, was developed uh, for the SNES, the Genesis, the Amiga, Windows. Um, but it's it was also made and developed during the time the movie was being made. Yeah, so like the story wasn't even final, right? Yeah, I, I always... Like, whenever I read that or see that about a game, like, there's just, like, a little bit of me that cringes, like, ooh, maybe you shouldn't do that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. many movie games have come out where then, and then the movie gets delayed and they change something, and then the game has, like, no reference to the movie at all? Oh, yeah, because technically, isn't there a stage that doesn't exist in the movie? There is. So, Disney, in, in pre-production... Uh, they had uh, the Virgin developers or Westwood studio developers come in and sit in on some of their storyboarding. Yeah. And um, during the time there, Disney had a hand in the game development um, because of their partnership with Virgin. Mm -hmm. And they cut like a whole part of the movie out of Simba returning back to the pride lands. Yeah, I find the movie extremely short. Like I, I rewatched it yesterday, and I couldn't believe how short the movie was. It kind of is, yeah. But yeah, so you're right. Virgin had the licensing for both systems, and yeah. this was like right after Capcom had lost their licensing because they used to do all the Disney games, like you know Ducktales and Chippendale. For in, in a, I want you to imagine a world for a moment where The Lion King was a Capcom game. How good would that have been? Simba shooting lemons? Man, that would have been great. <laughs> I don't know, because, I mean, the, the Genesis, isn't the Genesis Aladdin version? 
which was done by Virgin, that's considered the better one, isn't it? Because he's got the sword. Well, I, I mean, just because he has a sword doesn't mean it's better. I mean, yes, swords are much cooler than not having swords, but I don't know. I just like the I like to think of the idea of of Capcom just running the gambit on all Disney made platform games. Um, but anyways, you were saying about about the differences. Yeah, so I mean, there really isn't much. So so Genesis and Super Nintendo came out with like in a month of each other, and literally the only difference I see is the music. I think the music is a lot clearer on the Super Nintendo version, but I mean, the game plays the same. It follows the same uh, video game aspects. The levels are match each other identically. Yep. So, but did you know that there, it, this was also released on the NES? What? Yeah. So no, this, I didn't is, know that. this is technically the last licensed game to come out on the NES. It was only released in the, in Europe though. Well, so we got to buy this game and play it, right? Well, I don't know if it'll play on my system because it's a PAL version. Yeah, but don't you have a Famicom? Uh, I don't. When it, when it is, it, I guess, does PAL versions play on either the Famicom or... Actually, I, don't, I think it's the... It, maybe they do play in the NES version. I was going to say, because they wouldn't have the Famicom. I was wrong on that. Yeah, it was released on PAL, and it came out in May 25th, 1995. Wow. I know. <laughs> That's... I would love to. I would love to play it. I think that's a um, next retro relapse, maybe. Ooh, ooh! Oh, I'm I'm putting in the note right now. I'm I'm adding it to the list. Adding it. I'm gonna get it now. See, uh, see, my plan is to just get you to buy all the games that I don't want to buy, so I can play them for five minutes and then not regret that I spent money on it. <laughs> um, but uh, some things because I, I forgot to mention uh, when we were talking about it. Um, when I was talking about the part that they cut out in the movie, they kept that part in the game because Virgin or Westwood Studios had already developed it. And they're like, well, like we need to keep this part in the game of Simba going back to the pride lands. Cause it's a big piece of their game and they had to fight for it. And, yeah, they- and honestly, the whole development of the game was a Rocky relationship with Disney, a, a falling out with Virgin and Westwood studios kind of being, left with the paycheck of having to, to pay for this game or in the, in the spiritual sense, but like run the development of this game. Well, I think it paid off. Cause I honestly, this game is very good. It's very, it's difficult for sure. Oh yeah. Um, wh- when did you first play this game? Um, I own it. I think, I think I played this as a young, young lad. Um, for the Genesis, obviously, because I was a Genesis kid. Um, so this came out in 94. So I was, oh man, I got to do math. I was seven. So this is probably, I probably played it when it came out or maybe a little bit after. I think I hit hit right in the, uh, I think that was our audience, right? 10, yeah. 10-year-olds-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, we didn't have this growing up. I remember going over Retro Mike's house. You know, he's my cousin, so we would go over his house and play the games that he had that we didn't. Yeah. And I remember not having a problem with the monkey level, but I could never get past the stampede level. Really? I could never get past the monkey level. No, I I got past it, I remember. And uh, Can you now? Like, to this day? Yeah. No, and I I can, yeah. And I, I did get past the stampede level eventually, but as a kid, I couldn't do it. I don't. Could, I don't believe that you could get past the monkey level. I mean, you could essentially say I was Mufasa in the Stampede level. Ooh, is that, is that where this all was going? Was so you could say that joke. 
It Maybe. totally was. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so great. Oh, man. I can't wait to be done with this episode. Anyways. Chops, can you feel the love? Can you? Something. I feel something, all right. Um, <laughs> oh, real quick. So we were talking about the development. Did you yeah. know that they wanted the monkeys to throw poo originally? Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Well, they were. And then Disney said, no, I don't want them to throw poop. Yeah, that was Disney who was like, don't do it. Like, why would, like, of course, they're monkeys. Why wouldn't they throw poop? Disney's, Disney's a party pooper and a lot of things. Like, nowadays, they're, they're somewhat okay because they have a monopoly on everything. <laughs> but um, back in the day, like, they were just, like, too fancy for their britches and, like, too la-di-da and so protective of their properties. It's stupid. Because, like, they do. I mean, monkeys throw poop. Let's just not, we're not going to, yeah. you know, act like it doesn't happen. They do it. Monkeys throw poop. Yes. Apes throw poop. Hyenas glitches laugh all the time. I mean, yeah. this is true. So put it in the movie, put it in the game. Right, exactly. It's the circle of life, dang it's it. It's the circle of Poop life. throwing is a circle of life. Um, when did you then, first see this movie? Sorry, I, I know you're trying to get this. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the episode on, on the rails here, and you're throwing me off. When did I first see the movie? When it came out. Not a heathen. Guess, guess who didn't? You? I know. We just talked about this. Didn't you just see the movie? I uh, I wish Craig was on this episode because he loves to give me crap about not seeing Disney movies. Because, yeah, we've talked about Aladdin, which I just saw for the first time like a month ago. Yeah, which is honestly like I, I think you should have like – it should be a felony. Honestly. Uh, I didn't see this movie until it was like a senior in high school. It was like 10 years after the movie came out. Did you cry? No. I actually don't remember much of it. Until I watched it yesterday. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> so bad. You missed so much. I have another question for you. Yeah? If the Legend of Retro were characters in the movie, who would they be? In the movie? Yes. I feel like Craig's an obvious one. Uh, well, either Craig's Scar or he's one of the hyenas. <laughs> I don't know which one he is. He could really fall for for either of those um let's see is the know-it-all are you are you the, the 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 toucan the parrot i had a feeling you were gonna say that what's his name oh i don't remember uh yeah i don't know I, I see myself more as like pumba like the smelly guy that that just wants to eat all the time okay all right yeah Who's who am I? I have uh, no idea. Yeah, I, I see you as uh, Rafiki. <laughs> Rafiki, because oh, like, banana, even when, banana, yeah, like even when Simba's in a bad mood, like you come up and you're like making him happy and oh, that's sweet. That's, that's chops. That's me. And then I leave everybody I, for Xander. I was thinking Mufasa because he's the father type, strong yet playful. I feel like that's that's but he tough. dies. So he dies. I don't know you, don't, you, you don't want him to be um, Timon? Timon. Do you see Xander as Timon? As a little, like, he's like a scheming muskrat, right? Yeah. Yeah, Andrew, Xander's a schemer. I can see that. I, I, I would think he's more of a Timon. You guys, are, you guys are a pair for each other. Let us know in the comments, in the, in the Discord. Tell us who you think who of the legend retro is the lion king and who would most likely throw poop 
That's yes, that is very important. Um, speaking of throwing poop, did you know that – this is going to be a terrible transition uh, – <laughs> that Disney – basically made that monkey level poop that monkey puzzle level poop because they because of their um their their guidelines for rental games yeah i think it was uh, so it was director lewis castle who said that disney approached them and was like look the rental market is killing sales you need to make this harder well no and- Here, here's the quote Blockbuster had these rental programs come out and Disney had a rule uh, across all its products that you couldn't get past a certain percentage of the game in a certain amount of time because they thought that if people played most of the game, they wouldn't buy it. And that's true. I mean, honestly, I think that's brilliant. I mean, it's greedy. (laughs) And it obviously worked for them because they did sell, you know, on the Super Nintendo was the 37th best-selling game. And yeah. sold over a million copies. It's it is still it is ridiculous to think that the the video rental video game rental market l- impacted a game's development. It's so like I mean I understand the connection. Like don't get me wrong, I totally get it. But it's just mind blowing to me that they that 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 would happen. And from what I understand, they did it after they were almost already done making the game. Yeah. And so they kind of picked like that spot because that was the easiest to adjust. Well, just, and it was early enough. Yeah. So they just threw in more monkeys and changed the way that the level was done. So that would be a lot more confusing. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So the, with the gameplay, there's, there's 10 stages essentially. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you start off in the Pride Land, which is a really simple level. I think it's funny how ramped the difficulty becomes because the first level is a breeze, right? I mean, that, that, that goes hand-in-hand hand with what their idea of a game development or game difficulty is, though. It's that pretty opening that gets you in, that makes you feel confident, and then you just get the, the, the figurative poop thrown at you. You get destroyed, yes. essentially, yeah. Uh, and the ostrich section of that second level is insane, too. Yeah, and you said you beat that? Yes. Again, I still don't believe it. <laughs> I was Mufasa. I don't know what to tell you. The stampede yeah, level got me. What, you became a ghost? You just went through everything? <laughs> I'm actually dead right now. I'm just speaking, oh. to, you through, I'm speaking to you through the cloud. It's the spookiest episode. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then there's the elephant graveyard, the stampede, Simba's exile, Hakuna Matata, mm-hmm. which is another, like, bright level. There's a waterfall. I think that's one of the best levels in the game. It's very pretty. Um, the lava episode, uh, level is the ep- level I still can't get past. The lava one? Yep. I still can't get past it. Honestly, I, I, I have never made it past the monkeys and the, and the ostrich riding. I've never made it past Really? Them. Never. We tried to play it one time, I think. Um, where were we? We, we were together, and I, and I think I tried to play it. And we all took turns trying to get past the part. And maybe it was during my bachelor party. Um, and I still couldn't get past it. I must have been sleeping. Probably. Yeah. I must have been either eating, sleeping, or being smelly. Yep. <laughs> uh, so then there's Simba's Return, and then Pride Rock, which is the final level where you face Scar. Yeah, I don't even know what that battle is like. So apparently there's not a lot of detail for people on how to beat it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I only know it, and you obviously only know it because you we watched the speed runs of it, and we're more familiar with the game. But you have to actually throw Scar. You can literally hit him all day. Yeah. And until you do the throw maneuver, which they don't teach you at all, <laughs> of course you can't. Not. You can't beat the game. And well, I mean, it's it, in it's in the manual. They, that's what I was going to ask. It's it, the controls in the manual. It doesn't tell you or give you any hints of when you need to use it. And like I said, you, it's essentially a move that you've had since your adult Simba. So from yeah, because like, you can't throw when you're young, Simba. Yeah. So from stage what uh, six or seven, you've had this maneuver, and most people don't even know that it even exists until the final stage. Does it even work on anything else? Yeah, I mean, it works on the hyenas. It works on the was it the leopards? Uh huh. Yeah. So any of the bigger creatures, you can use it. Okay. That's kind of shady on Nintendo's part, but again, their their whole idea of the difficulty of this game is shady. Yeah. I'm sorry, not, ten, not Nintendo. I'm <laughs> uh, I found some cheat codes, so if you want to just pick a level and play that, you're welcome to, Chops. Uh, yeah, so in the Sega version, if you go to the option screen and press right AAB start, the cheat screen will come up, and you can do a level select and also choose invincibility. So, yeah, I'm definitely doing that so I can beat the game. Um, in the SNES version, to get the cheat code up, you have to do B-A-R-R and Y. It spells Barry, which was one of the programmers. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Barry Green, he was one of the head programmers for the game. And then this also has – so it has the level select invincibility, but if you also press – R-A-A-B on that screen, you can unlock upside down mode. Oh god, no. No. It looks ridiculous. So uh, you're basically going through the level the exact same, but all your movements are reversed. I want to see a speedrun category that they have to race it in or beat it in upside down mode. I want to say that there is. Hold on. Is I there have, really? Hold on one second. Please. Uh, Oh, and this is the, oh no, Super Nintendo. Yeah, there is no category. You could be the first chops. No, God, no. <laughs> you no. could do it. I would not punish myself like that. No, thank um, you. I found a couple of glitches. Um, in, and they're mostly in stage two, which maybe that's just because no one can get past stage two, so they haven't discovered any glitches past there. That's I fair. I, yeah. I agree with that. Does that sound, this sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so in stage two, after the Ostradride, the moment you touch the giraffe's head, you can jump backwards, and that'll just bring you into an area where you shouldn't be able to access. There's nothing there, and you essentially soft lock the game. But <laughs> So that's not a good one. Well, then you're not going to like this other one. <laughs> oh. Also in stage two, in the hippo section, before the second ostrich ride, you can actually jump completely over the giraffe's head and walk alongside the ostrich so as the as soon as you become lined up with the ostrich his movements are controlled by your d-pad but also simba's running like alongside him you can't do any of the jumps over the bird's nest and if you get far enough there's an invisible wall so again that's a it's another soft lock so you can either never get past the level because it's too hard or soft lock yourself uh in the game as a way to enjoy it. Yeah, essentially. That's uh, the great game. That's how the game was intended, right? That's how they... I mean, good old USA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so speedrunning, Chops, what did you come across for speedrunning? Um, I found 
for the Genesis category, there's uh, obviously an easy percent, uh, easy any percent, normal any percent, and a difficult any percent. Uh, but for the Genesis first place, easy any percent, we have King Tayab, who beat it in 12 minutes and 22 seconds. And that was a year ago. Yeah. Um, most of the times are about the same for the, the different difficulties. Yeah, I think he had it for all three difficulties, right? The number one spot? Uh, normal. Yep, he had it for all three. And then I did notice in the Genesis version that the re-released version was also considered acceptable. Yeah, I see here that um, in the category rules... Uh, any features exclusives is has these stuff. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Well, I guess the re-release would it would it run better? So I I was thinking about that because uh, for those of you who don't know, what it like a year two years ago, uh, there was a re-release that had a combo of Aladdin and The Lion King. Both were the version mobile or version interactive mm-hmm. versions of the game. So. I think because technically Aladdin for Super Nintendo was Capcom, they don't consider it in the Super Nintendo speedrun category as acceptable, but in the Genesis version they do. Because really? Yeah, okay. so I guess it's the Genesis version that's on the re-release and not the Super Nintendo. Gotcha. So it's a diff- it's a whole in the in the SNES category, the re-release is a whole other category. Like it's a whole other type Entry. of run. Yeah, yeah that's it crazy. doesn't it doesn't go along with the SNES version. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens with like speed run designations, but I mean, I guess if if it's drastically different, then I can I can understand. But I guess I, I don't know. It's I mean, those older games when you have your remasters, those older games are are slower and can have some lag in them and sometimes remasters are able to like iron out those lag spots. So I could see how that's an advantage. Yeah. I feel like most of the time though, some games they are just whoever the moderator is for the, for the game, they just kind of make up their own rules. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, I did. So in that run, I did see that he does like a lot of damage boosting. Um, He does like damage clipping through walls in a couple of stages. One of the biggest ones was in stage eight, which is the lava stage. He does the throw maneuver to the leopard at the beginning of the level, and he's able to clip through to the end of the stage, which saves like a minute and a half. Yeah, because it like wraps, right? The, the stage. Yeah, like- so the stage like goes all the way to the right and then down and back. <clears throat> so when he does that uh, move, the throw move on the leopard, he's able to push himself through the wall and get to the section where it's like the volcanoes are erupting and you got to wait like a certain amount of time for the ceiling to fall down. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to think like a lot of times in these older games, the glitches that are used in speed runs are able to be done because of the, the design element of the, the levels themselves, whether they're wrapped like that, where it, it loops around and you're able to see the ending and then glitch to it, or because you're able to somehow um, like in Mega Man in the first one, the screen's wrapped from the top to the bottom. So you could grab ladders from the top uh, when they're actually on the bottom and skip a whole screen. Yeah. So it's really interesting, like 
to see those kind of advancements in speedrunning to take advantage of basically just how the infrastructure of the game is. Yeah, I mean, they essentially break down the areas where developers thought they had covered all their grounds, like invisible walls and stuff, and they just find ways to get past it. Yeah. Uh, Akuda Matata. <laughs> is that your phrase for life now? It means no worries. It, it, it does. It does mean no worries. Oh, boy. So what are your, uh, what are your final thoughts before well, we get into the music? Well, before we get into the music, I do want to mention something about Westwood Studios um, that basically made the game. Um, do you, are you familiar with their work? I am not. So they went on to make the Command & Conquer series. Oh. And because of the Lion King, they were able to make the Command & Conquer series what it was today. They had to develop a new technology when they developed the Lion King that uh, was a proprietary, um, like, lossless software or hardware. Oh, no, I'm sorry, sorry, software. Um, and then basically improve the game's compression. So they were able to compress the data more to put more into it. And they used that technology to create the full motion videos for the RTS game Command & Conquer, which was like revolutionary yeah. at the time. And is one of the reasons why they became so popular because of those FMVs. Yeah. And because of the ability to compress data, they were able to make more of the movie soundtrack in the game. And Hans Zimmer actually sent a letter to the game's composer uh, giving him credit for the fact that he was able to incorporate so much of the soundtrack into the game, which I think yeah. is mind blowing. It, it's funny. Cause when you listen to the soundtrack, especially the, like I said earlier, the super Nintendo version, it's almost like you're watching the movie because it it's is. just so identical to the sound from the films. Yeah. They're able to, to get like the, the guitar parts or the, or the specific instruments close enough to where it actually feels like it's that instrument playing. Yeah, and then, that's cool because I know those Command and Conquer. I never played those Command and Conquer games, but I remember when they came out, like people were acting like this is a huge deal, like this is so advanced so far, and it's funny that Lion King played such a big part in it. Well, and and like the Red Alert series is such a really fun speed run because there's categories where they uh, include all the FMVs, and Tim Curry is an actor <laughs> in those, and it's just fun to see because of that first game they were able to get to that progression of that. Um, but then also for this game, um, Compaq made a deal with Disney when they released their computer, the, the Compaq Rosario. And we're like, yeah, let's include a copy of Windows 95's uh, Lion King pre-installed in the computer for Christmas. It'll sell out. Like everybody will buy it because it comes with this game. And it, and it was tested, and, and the game worked great on Windows 95, but they didn't test it with the Presario's hardware, so when people went to boot up the game, it just crashed. <laughs> and so, like, it just, like, ruined Disney's partnership with, like, anybody computer hardware-related because the game literally was unplayable. Could you just imagine, like, like six-year-old Chops, like, sitting down at his computer? Oh, man, I can't wait to play Lion King. I'm so excited. And then just boom, blue screen. I, I would feel more bad because my parents probably spent like thousands of dollars on this piece of hardware just because it had this game. And I probably wouldn't use it because I couldn't play on it. 
Oh man, I just thought that was was ridiculous. And and like with all the like the whole life of this game, honestly, I'm surprised it came out because of the roadblocks, because of the falling out with Virgin, uh, Virgin's uh, lead designer, and, and taking his team with him. Um, the fact that like Disney like gave them notes on the game where like it's unrealistic for Simba to be able to turn in midair. Like, of course it's unrealistic. Like, it's unrealistic for for animals to talk in a movie. Like, I don't, I don't get what, where you're coming from here, Disney. I mean, the the game had to have been made, and it, I mean, essentially, Lion King. I would say is the biggest animated film of our childhood for sure. Ooh, is it? I mean, look at the impact it had. It I feel like it was, it was nominated for best picture. Yeah. It, well, what did we? What did we say? There was like seven, eight versions of this game that came out on you know PC, NES, yeah, Genesis, yeah. Amiga, Game Gear, Game Boy, Master System, Super Nintendo. But is it of our of our childhood? Is this the biggest movie? I would love to get people's opinions on that because animated I don't movie. Know. I don't I, know. I think it is animated film. Okay. Well, you, I'm you, putting my foot down, my paw on the ground, hands on the ground. Best animated film of her childhood. Yeah? Yep. Start. Just saying. Start. Everything the light touches. Oh, forgot to hit pause on the next one. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm looking at this this sound effects um, thing on, on this website for where we get music. And uh, I think this is like, this is your quote, right? I ain't like a pig. pig. That's you. That's a sound, yeah, yeah, sound yeah. clip of you. I just ain't like a pig. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so yeah, my my um, last thoughts on this game are I I it's iconic. It's um, definitely definitely cultural has cultural significance. <laughs> you had to slide that in there, didn't you? In my life, yep. And um, but it is a stupid, difficult game, and I've never beaten it. And honestly because I can't get past that level, it's an awful game. <laughs> like, like I, I appreciate the game, but it's awful. Yeah, I, I agree. The impact this game had, it, it changed the idea of how games were made based on the whole rental mm-hmm. idea. And I mean, they, you don't have to deal with that anymore because, well, I mean, I, I guess is game pass kind of oh. like a rental system. No, I developers? would say, I would say the modern era version of that is microtransactions. Okay. Because you're you're basically saying, hey, you can rent this game, but I'm sorry, we're going to make it so difficult that if you really want to keep playing and playing it, you have to buy it. Microtransactions, if you want to be able to, in the early stages of it, if you want to be able to win in this game, you got to buy all these small packs to get a chance to be able to beat or be the best player or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's something that developers don't have to deal with anymore, but I mean, in the 90s, that was a game changer. So I think that's it's a huge impact in the industry for that time. And yeah, it's a, this is a very important game, I think for, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the definition of, of, because it's, it was such a young um, avenue of entertainment at that time. Yeah. So, but we, uh, we want to hear your opinions on the game. So go in our discord and let us know one, who would be which character in the lion King from the show Two how you felt about this game and three, if the Lion King was literally the movie animated movie that defined our childhood. And also for if monkeys can't throw poo, what do they throw? Right? Exactly. That's, that's very pivotal. I'm saying pocket watches. 
Because all monkeys need pocket watches. I'm I'm saying CDI video games. Oh God, that's just because because they're trash. They're just as bad as poop. All right, we're gonna take a word from one of our partners, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom chops i can't yes. wait i can't wait to hear the songs really can't wait to be king uh, is, is that how you're gonna lead into it is like hey the first you're i off. can't feel the love tonight okay. i hate you so much all right yes so obviously the soundtrack to this game is amazing um we're playing the snes soundtrack and we're basically it's just the greatest hits from the film that's that's all we chose yeah pretty much <laughs> So, uh, first up, we have uh, Can't Wait to Be King. Did you see the composers? No. You didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Who are the composers? Let me see here. We have For the Lion King. Does it, I don't think, is there separate composers for the SNES? Than there, the, there is, yeah. So, which ones are they? Oh, here we go. So, we got Frank Klopaki, Dwight o- Okahara, John Wright, um, Zach Bremner and Patrick Collins. Um, for the Genesis, you got Matt Furness, and then nobody cares about the Game Boy, NES, MS DOS, or Amiga. Ouch, man! Are you gonna do Kevin like that? I mean, okay, I'll mention the other person's name, Alistair Brimble, because I like <laughs> the name Alistair. Um, okay, hashtag Noobs and Dragons, um, season one. All right, so here we go. We got can't wait to be king. it's from the movie it's it it's insane how much it matches all right so up next we have hakuna matata um 
this is the mantra of the glitch. It's a wonderful phrase. See how messed up my childhood was. So okay. Okay. Oh I, I don't know. I, do I? <laughs> I mentioned I didn't see The Lion King until my senior year in high school. There was a show on Disney called Timon and Pumbaa. Yes. That I watched religiously when it was out. So I knew all the lyrics to Akuna Matata, never having seen The Lion King. And you knew two of the main characters. Yes. They were the main characters of the movie. I thought until I saw the Lion King. Oh boy. Oh boy. The Lion King starring Timon and Pumbaa. Oh god. All right. Can you can you just explain what the next song is? I don't remember what we picked. Do we pick the Do we pick the Can disc- you feel the Can you feel the love tonight for for love of god? I thought maybe we picked that techno rave song. No, no, we didn't. All right. Listen to listen to this gem.
sorry for all the mean things I said to you. <laughs> I'm not. I really love you. I'm sorry. Okay. Sound, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for caring. <laughs> oh boy. Too much love in this, in this episode. Too much love. Ah. <sighs> So what's next? What do we do next? I don't know. I don't know. What do we? What do we even? This do? is why. This is why, Chops and I have never had an episode together. Before. Yeah, we have. Just us. I, I don't know. I don't remember these things. This next is, up is retro relapse. That's what it is. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into that. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Relapse. All right. So for retro relapse. Yeah, I picked this one. Yeah. Uh, we played Earth Defense Force, also known as Super Earth Defense Force. I don't know. On the on the screen title, it said Super at the top, but the the name of the game is just Earth Defense Force. Okay. For the Super Nintendo. Uh it was developed by Jalico, it came out on the arcade first in 91 and looks like it uh, came out on the Super Nintendo Virtual Console. It definitely feels like an arcade game first. Yeah. Because it so is very difficult. Yeah, it's just a side-scrolling shooter. Um, it, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. I, how did you get past the first level? I died on the end of the first level and it gave me a game over screen, but I advanced to the second level. So you beat like the the square thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I got into the second level, and what weapon did you choose? Because you had like what eight different weapons to choose from. Okay, so like a fool, I yeah. chose the Vulcan first. Yep, sure was what you picked. No, I picked first the um, oh, what was it? It was the one that's the explosion, where it hits and then it shoots up. After okay. it hits the enemy. I didn't try that one. How was that? It was interesting. I'll tell you, all the choices I made prior to the last one I did were crap. So which, what weapons did you choose in, in total? I, I chose the explosion, the pro, proton. Fill it in here, Glitch. Cover me. Man, so I, I, the ones I chose were the Vulcan, which was just like a spread weapon. Um, you do have like two little ships that will fly side by side with you but it makes your shots less powerful and they just go straight um so i didn't like that i went back to just the regular ship shooting um the vulcan option was not good so i chose s laser which was like a homing laser that that was the one that i settled on oh my god it It was was, like way too powerful it was awesome so so i chose vulcan i chose um atomic explode and photon before i got to s laser yeah s laser was the last one i picked and it was the one i stuck with so op but it was amazing and then like i didn't even know like so the problem i have with the nintendo online stuff and snes online is that it has like oh manual or or controls or whatever but you go to controls and it just tells you on the controller what the buttons are but not what they do in relation to the game it's just like so like i didn't know you could like switch like mode for the weapons and i didn't know you could speed up your ship if you press x or slow it down 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's a speed option at the top where it said speed. It had like the arrows. I totally press, missed that. If you press X and it and it goes up to another one, your your ship moves faster. You press X again and it'll move even faster, and then it goes back to the first level speed. And then you level up in the game, which it doesn't explain, and it like allows your weapons to do more damage and also changes them a bit on how they shoot. Yeah, I saw my gun get more powerful just randomly. Like, I didn't know what happened or how it happened. There's just that red sudden... bar at the top where it says level. That's not for what level you're on. It's for what level you are. Oh, so, yeah, I never made it to the second level. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, your ship got to second level. Well, there you go. Yeah, I made it I made it to the actual next level because, like, the screen fades out and then you're able to choose your weapon again. Oh, okay. I, I beat, like, this big ship that came by and I thought that that was the end of the level. No, so there's a big ship that comes by and then there's still a little bit more and then there's an even bigger ship that, like, is a square that splits in two. Oh. And it has, like, these spots that connect to it and it's shooting, like, a whole bunch of stuff at you. There you go. It's, um... Did you get your high score? Because I got a high score. Yeah, I got a high score on the first time I played it through, which was awful, and it was still like a high score. It was like, it was like double the second play score, yeah. Yeah, so then I got an actual high score once I felt like I played it enough, but it um it had some bad lag. Yeah, a little bit. And, and I mean, right off the bat, there's just like a wall of enemies. Like as yep. soon as the level starts, like you don't even get time to adjust to the controls. It's just like... No. No, you, yeah, what? you're not even like, you know, you know, test how you shoot things. Nope. And then, like, the next row of enemies are above you. Yeah. And you're like, how am I supposed to hit them? I can't move. I can't rotate the ship. Yeah, uh, I kept thinking that there was, like, a like a different button I had to press to shoot up and down or something. No. Nope. Because with the Vulcan shot, it just goes straight. Yeah. So I didn't – I was like, well, I can't kill these enemies, so I guess I'll just dodge them. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And you had, like, a shield – like two shields or three shields. Yeah, so what, you only get hit three times and you and you die, right? Or something yeah. like that? Yeah, which is a little – that's a little rough, but – I mean, it's better than one and done. <laughs> but you could change – you can change the difficulty to hard and lower your shields. Yeah, was it? I went to the settings to look and see if there was an easy mode or you could give yep. yourself more shields. No, they start you off with the easiest difficulty. Yeah, it's, it's still super difficult. So um, on the 8-bit scale, what do you give in this game? Uh, I think I'm going to give this a 4. I feel like it was middle of the road. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, like, you know, crazy good. I feel like if I would have known the controls maybe, like the speed boost and everything, I might have enjoyed it mm-hmm. more and got further into the game. But, I mean, not even being, being able to complete the first level, a little rough. Until I was able to actually, like, get the hang of it, beat the first level, see my weapons get upgraded, I would have given this a three um, because it was so difficult. But I, uh, because I got a little bit further in it, um, I'm going to give it a five and a half. Okay. Um, I feel like if I had the manual, I would know a little bit better about how to control it. Uh, maybe i watch a speed run of it and see what they do. Um, but... It's a it's a it's a shoot 'em up game. Yeah, like, and I mean, I love it, those games. It came out on the arcade, like I said, so it was just supposed to eat your quarters, anyways. So I mean, yeah. it makes sense that the difficulty is there. Yep. But no, let us know what you guys think uh, in the Discord. If so, you've ever played this game, yeah, because yeah. uh, it is. We played it on SNES Online through the yeah. Nintendo Online, and uh, I mean, it's there if you guys want to try it out and let us know how much we suck. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, all right, so let's get into the music brackets for this. Yes. One. 
How do you, how do you feel so far about the music bracket chat? Um, so we talked about this secretly in our secret chats and I said, I feel bad because of my picks, but you said I should feel good because at least my high picks made it through, but I still feel like since the last bracket, I've just been beaten. Senselessly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How, do, how do you feel? I, I mean, so far I've only had one loss and it was my eighth seed, which I had expected. Right. So uh, a lot of my lower seeds are on this half and I'm curious to see how they're going to do. Um, but I mean, so far Xander is the one who's taken the biggest hit. So it's, 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 it'll be interesting to see how the second half goes. Uh, and, you know, we, we still have, you know, 10, 15, what, how many more entries left in this bracket before I don't we know. I don't know finish numbers. the first round? So there's, there's a ton of competition still coming. Plenty of high stakes yes. uh, rounds coming up. So which one do we have first for today? So today we have from F-Zero, Port Town. And this game's composers were Yumiko Kaneki and Naoto Ishida. And... Uh, do you know much about F-Zero? I don't know if I've played F-Zero. I have played F-Zero. I think it's a pretty overrated game for the Super Nintendo. I know it was like a huge deal because it did Mode 7, which, you know, was kind of new to the time. Final Fantasy had been using it, and I think Contra 3 had Mode 7 as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what, like, what was the big deal. And, you know, uh, it just, I don't know, it's just a regular racing game, and I think there's better ones like... Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, but okay. Well, don't don't put your opinions into this, man. Let me tell you more about how I feel about F Zero. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, let's let's get into this song. The soundtrack for F Zero is really good. I will say that's that is the plus side of that game. Okay. All right. So up against F Zero, we have Super Ghouls and Ghosts Stage One. And you know what? I just realized what this is an all Super Nintendo episode. I mean, we talked about Genesis stuff, right? No, you're, I mean you're right, but yeah, the game came out. Link don't push your on Super Nintendo. I'm pushing my pro Super Nintendo don't push agenda your, right now. Yeah, don't push your SNES agenda on me. 
I don't need to hear that. Retro Relapse, SNES, these, both these songs, uh, SNES. You're, you're How do you feel, Chops? I, I feel violated. This is why we don't have Tony and Chops episodes. Um, the composer for Super Ghouls and Ghosts was Mari Yamaguchi, and this is stage one. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, again, is a, uh, what, a platformer? Yeah. Hard, Very hard difficult. Platformer. Very, very difficult. All right, so let's give this a listen. see too much because when when i talk in zoom it cuts out and so i didn't want the music to get oh, all spotty so i could have just kept talking when you could yeah i just would have been done for the episode i oh. know you you failed you should just left it going i'm a generous man just remember <laughs> that i can feel the love tonight oh god but anyways how did you how'd you feel about that song oh i like it yeah it's a it's a very spooky theme i mean yeah. the game takes place in a graveyard so it's what a better way to make spooky music. Right, right. It did its job. It did. So if we want our fans to go vote on this and tell us which song they like better, where would they go? So you can do it in four different places. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, The Legend of Retro, where you can put in a vote there. You can also vote on our Discord. So if you go find gameslowmedia.com, you can find a link to our Discord there. We put in the votes every week for that. Uh, you can also vote on our Twitter page, which is... It's yeah. Legend of Retro GZ, yes. All right. And then lastly, uh, if you are generous enough to become a patron, at the $1 mark, you can get an additional vote there. Uh, but patron doesn't, you know, there's a lot to offer. So if you are a $1 member, not only do you get that vote, you also get early access to our Retro Relapse videos when we can finally put those back out. And hopefully this quarantine stuff ends soon so we can get you that content. Uh, but also at $1, you get State of the Zilla, which is an episode given out from GameZilla Media. It contains different members of GameZilla Media. We talk about something that 
we don't cover in our podcast. What podcast do you, do you ask? Well, we have The Legend of Retro. We have Last Action Podcast. We have GameZilla Podcast, which is current gaming. Noiseland Arcade, which is Simpsons. And Noobs and Dragons, which is D&D. Chops. Yes. If they wanted content from all of those shows, what do they need to do? Oh, that's additional a tough... content. Oh, I mean, additional content. If they wanted additional say, content from If they could just shows. go to... Just they just go to gamesofmedia.com, they can get all the shows. They can subscribe on but iTunes. But they want more. These people but, want more from us. If they want more and you become a $5 member at patreon.com slash gamesofmedia, you can get an extra show from each one of our podcasts. Uh, from us, it's the Game Shark episode. They're usually, for each podcast, the episodes are themed around what the show topics are, like the, the Legend of Retro being retro games, but it's different it's sometimes we talk about like our favorite games or sometimes we talk about uh rankings or or remakes something topic related on on the show so like for last action podcast i think they talked about like action movie stars in one of them um the games all podcast releases their must or bust uh i think at the five dollar mark am i correct on that yeah yep and then uh, Noiseland arcade has um, smart line uh, where they talk about all sorts of Simpsons-related things. And then Noobs and Dragons has behind the DM screen where it's usually Craig interviewing somebody or somebody interviewing Craig or talking about some sort of element around Dungeons and & Dragons and tabletop gaming. So there's tons of extra info, uh, content for you on GameZilla Media's Patreon, which is patreon.com slash GameZilla Media at the $5 tier. And we we thank everybody who contributes to that because it, it helps us keep running. And we really love the appreciation uh, for our, our products that our fans have. Yeah, and we love hearing from you guys. So, I mean, if you're if you become a member, let us know you know what you love, like what brought you to become a patron because it's it's the things that we – we want to give you guys the quality content that, that keeps pushing us. And it makes us, you know, glad to hear that you guys are enjoying what we put out. Absolutely. And we'll give you a shout out on the show if it's uh, because of us, because we're, we're cool know. like that. Yeah. Cool. We're not like the other podcasts. We don't, you know, we like you guys. So yeah. Any, any final words you have for this episode glitch? Uh, I would like to say that I want that kingdom and you promised it to me. Glitch, I, I have something to say to you. If you ever come back, we'll kill ya! <laughs> Just remember that. Just remember that, okay? <laughs> well, then I guess that's bye from the glitch. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when the legend continues. This five minute mark glitch had to let the dog out. Woo. <laughs> Woo.